Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, your host, and thank you for joining us today. All right, here we go. Welcome to the inaugural, the first ever, the pilot episode for the series, for the show. We have a lot to cover here in this episode to get things started, to lay the foundation for everything that we're going to do. We've been working on this project for a while now and just super excited to finally be launching and getting this out into the world for whatever that's worth. (laughs) And I hope as you listen that it shines through just how much we love these amazing, fantastic, sometimes a little bit ridiculous, but always great stories and how happy we are to be sharing them with you and looking forward to you joining us on this journey and just all the fun that we're going to have. So let's go ahead and get started. As with any good pilot episode, for today's show, we're going to be setting the premise for what you can expect to hear in future episodes and where we're going to go and what the format's going to be and all that fun stuff. The show is, of course, called Getting Biblical, which biblical is a made-up word that I invented for the show that combines the words Bible and, of course, alcohol. Now, you may be asking, but Matt, that's kind of weird. The Bible and alcohol don't normally go together. And my reply to that would be, well, that's not actually a question, but I get your point. A lot of people don't believe those two things go together. And while one might try and rebuttal that with pointing to the fact that Jesus' first miracle as he was entering the ministry was turning water into wine at a party that had run out of wine, thus saving everyone there from doing a beer run when they were too drunk to drive. Or the fact that so many of the Hebraic feasts encouraged some slight drinking. Passover alone has no less than four glasses of wine during the ceremony. Aside from all that, the real reason we've decided to combine these two topics together into a show is, well, to put it bluntly, I just really wanted an excuse to sit alone in my room and drink and talk to no one in particular out loud and not feel like a total crazy person. So there you have it. The secret's out. (laughs) Welcome to the show. That's the premise. But in that vein, we're going to start off this show like we plan to start every episode in the future by talking about what I am drinking. Whether you're at work or at the gym or something on the treadmill, you can live vicariously through me just a little bit. So we're, we're sharing that. Since today's pilot episode is a bit of a celebration, I've decided to bust out my special occasion scotch. Lagavulin 16, arguably one of the most definitive scotches on the market. Lagavulin has seen a bit of a rise in popularity, especially in the United States pop culture realm, (laughs) thanks to being featured several times by none other than the king of give me all the bacon and eggs you have himself, the character Ron Ulysses Swanson, played by Nick Offerman on NBC's Parks and Recreation. In case you weren't aware, Lagavulin was mentioned by name, shown on camera, and shown being drank, drunk, drank, (laughs) multiple times throughout the series, And Ron Swanson himself even visited their distillery in Scotland in an episode. Pretty much a ringing endorsement if I've ever heard one. Also, if you haven't seen it, Nick Offerman released a video a couple years back where he literally sits in a chair in front of a fireplace doing nothing but drinking Lagavulin for 45 minutes straight, not saying a word, and it is fantastic. If you need to set the mood this coming holiday season with an electronic fireplace, I would recommend to find that video and, and put that on. 
anyway, so I bring up all that, uh, the, the connection there between Ron Swanson and the Scotch is, I have been once or twice been referred to as the geeky Ron Swanson. Most of those references were made by me, and they were on my Tinder profile, but never mind all that. <laughs> because of that, that affiliation, this particular bottle was given to me for my birthday this past year by my best friends in the world. And to even add on an extra layer of Ron Swanson Inception, to go with the bottle, they got a, a storage box, so a whiskey box from Nick Offerman's Woodshop. It's amazing. It goes together. I'm going to take a picture of it all, and it's going to be on the Instagrams. If you have any interest, that's, that's what's in the picture. Just know, anyway, that this is a special bottle. This is a special occasion, and you're here a part of it. So I hope you feel special and a part of something, because you are. As for the scotch itself, it is amazing. The first time I ever had it, it felt like discovering a whole new world of flavors in a glass. As I said earlier, it's one of the most definitive scotches. It stands with some debate shoulder to shoulder with the likes of Lafroy and Ardbeg and, and, and others in, in all their peaty glory. I really can't recommend it enough. Be warned, however, if you aren't familiar with single malt peated scotches, it will put hair on your chest. I mean that in the best way possible, of course, but just know what you're getting into a little bit. That being said, I want to take a moment to discuss the future of booze on this show. You can expect every episode for us to do a quick rundown of what I'm drinking with a Julius Caesar-esque yay or nay critique of what I'm drinking, along with maybe a fun history lesson or just general information that I find fascinating. What you won't get is an overly pretentious, long-winded, nosing, and flavor profile description. None of of the, oh yes, Nigel, you can really smell the apricots and squirrel turds. And I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of the bottling, the head distiller, brewmaster, was going through a divorce, thus tainting the molecules that's, that's not what I'm planning. That's not what we're doing. That's not what the show's about. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that. <laughs> Just There's other shows for that. You can go go listen to them. People that do it much better than I. Because that's really the reason. Uh, the big reason that I'm not doing it is because I am not any good at it. My opinion and interactions with whiskey and such is akin to how the Supreme Court views pornography. I don't know how to define it exactly but I know it when I see it, to paraphrase. That's that's kind of how I am. So that's what you're in for on the show. Second part, second thing about the booze, the show's just starting out, so we're having a ton of fun right now just going through my own personal collection and the things that I like, and, and we're starting to buy more bottles to talk about on the show. That being said, and I know that we are jumping the gun here in this first episode in the first 10 minutes, but I am 100% fully and completely open to being a sellout. And by that, I mean send me free stuff. I'd be ecstatic to receive a review bottle, a review case, or review truckload, whatever you want to send me. You can DM me at I am Matt Smith on Twitter or email gettingbiblical at gmail.com. I, obviously, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves there, but I feel like I would be not doing my due diligence if I didn't put it out there in the world. Just I'm nothing if not transparent. You'll get you'll get to know that. All right. So we we've opened it up. We've talked about the booze. Now let's start getting into the actual show. 
I want to take a minute before we get into more Bible stuff. I want to I want to play a little thing, a little uh, do an imagination journey with you if we can. So I'd ask that you play along, please. Now, not not trying to be weird or ask you to close your eyes or anything creepy like that. I'm I'm sure you're either driving or you're at work or on a treadmill or something. But just kind of in your mind, play along. So imagine we're gonna fast forward. You're at the end of your life. It was a good life, a life well lived, and you shove off this mortal coil. I just realized I got real dark really quickly. Like, welcome to the show. Let's all hold hands and have an existential crisis. But just bear with me. Play along. So you shove off this mortal coil. Your soul wakes up alone in a boat, traveling down the river Styx. You see a bright light in the distance. As you get closer, the light comes into focus, and you can make out details. You see walls. It's like a city. You see maybe a gate. People about. As you get closer, it comes into focus still. You see the grandeur of it all. You start to pick out ornate details. The people seem happy. You start to get excited. You think, I've made it. I got into the good place. I'm here. Your boat rides ashore and you get off. As you step out, you realize that there's not even sand on the beach, which is amazing because sand is horrible and it's annoying and it gets everywhere. You wander through the crowd and take it all in. You stop to watch a unicorn flying through the air as it, as it rises and dives. As you're watching it do a barrel roll, you realize someone's approaching. You turn to see someone your brain has to process. You do that thing where you see somebody outside of the normal place you're used to seeing them, and you have to cycle through who they are to remember that it's Wendell from Accounting that you're looking at in the deli. And there it is. It comes to you who you're seeing. It's none other than the universally beloved and revered, the one and only Saint Beyonce. She welcomes you to heaven by literally saying, Welcome to heaven. She moves in for a hug, and it's the nicest, best hug you've ever felt. It's literally the best little spoon experience you've ever encountered. And not in a sexual way, but, you know, just a nice and safe and comforting way. She hands you a brochure as she gestures for you to follow. You open up the brochure, and it reads, Welcome to heaven. We're glad you're here. Here's what to expect for the rest of eternity. Here in heaven, there is no suffering. There is no pain. Death has no power here. Also, Chick-fil-A is open seven days a week, even on Sundays. Truly a magical place indeed. As she walks over to the check-in counter by the pearly gates, she reaches underneath and pulls out a parchment paper and an ink-dipped angel feather. She says, we have just a little bit of paperwork to do to finish your heaven registration process. Just a little bit of a formality, and then we'll be ready to get right on to the rest of all eternity. She says, please list out, in order, your top ten favorite Bible stories. She slides over the items to you and gestures over to the sitting area and says, come back when you finish filling it out and we'll get you processed. You walk over to the lounge area and sit on a chair, which is literally just a cloud. Think to yourself, I can do this. Top ten. This is easy. The Bible's a huge book. I'm sure I can figure it out. You think for a second, what stories are there? Disregarding the whole top ten thing, just what stories are out there. You decide to start from the beginning, Adam and Eve, right? That's an easy starting point. Number one, we're doing great. Number two, you write down Noah's Ark. That's an easy one. Number three, David and Goliath. I'm pretty sure that was in a rap lyric last week. That still has some pop culture relevance. You keep thinking, oh, how silly of you to overlook. Number four, number five, 
We have two major holidays around the main man himself. Jesus' birth, Christmas, and his death, Easter, and resurrection. That's, that's a big part of it, too. So you had number four, number five. You're halfway there. St. Beyonce will be so proud of you. <laughs> She's going to be so impressed. You think more. What else? What else is there? Wasn't there a guy that got swallowed by a whale? Who was that? Pinocchio? Is Pinocchio a Bible story? No, Jonah, of course. Jonah and the whale or big fish, whatever, semantics. Now you're number, what, six now? You're, you're screaming along. You're doing great. And we'll kind of end the, end the story there. But what are you thinking at home? Do you have your stories already lined up? Do you have a top 10 list? Maybe you grew up in religious circles. Maybe you already have a BuzzFeed top 10 article in your head. Or maybe it wasn't so easy for you. Maybe you don't have a top 10. This is what the show is all about. See, a year ago when my executive producer, Anthony, brought the idea up to me after a night of me drinking too much and telling Bible stories, which (laughs) being that that's a habit of mine, I guess, sounds like the worst like Hallmark movie (laughs) Christmas episode ever, like (laughs) some down on his luck pastor or whatever, like is going into bars and just just telling Bible stories for no reason. I, I don't think I was that bad, but anyway. I did it. I did it one too many times with him, I guess, and and he brought up the idea, and I blew it off in total disregard. What a ridiculous idea that no one would care about, I'm sure. And as I sit here alone in my dark room talking into this microphone, I can't help but think I was absolutely correct. What a dumb, ridiculous idea that nobody's going to care about. But here we are anyway, because really I. Even though I disregarded it, I thought about it for a while, and in my travels, talking to people, mostly millennials that did not grow up in the Bible Belt, but talking to people, I realized how many people didn't have the background that I had that weren't raised with these stories and didn't have the intimate knowledge of what's in the Bible. So if you've ever wondered, if you ever were curious about how it all fit together, but never actually curious to pick one up yourself and read it, if you ever wanted the the cliff notes of the Bible— a low-effort overview of the good parts. If you wanted the Bible, like, mansplained. Drunksplained? Is that a term? Uh, how about how about matsplained? I am Matt Smith, after all. If you ever wanted things... <laughs> using this word that I just made up now, if you've, if you've ever wanted someone to do that for the Bible, this is the show for you. But for real, there are so many great stories in the Bible that just don't get enough attention. Like, if I was in charge of the Bible's marketing department, I don't I don't know who would be in charge of that. Probably somebody at the Vatican. But if I was the Don Draper for the Bible's advertising campaign, I would bench the same old stories that we've been telling for the past 2,000 years and, and put in the B-list, even the C-list stories. There's so many great ones in there. Like, how about, and this one's a little more popular than some, but the story of Job, who, poor son of a bitch, Job was in the middle of a literal bet between God and Satan on whether they could break a man. I mean, well, God was betting that he wouldn't break, but you get the gist. Or what about the references to dragons in the Bible? Why are we keeping those a secret? Or the talking animals? There's more than one. Or what about the prophet of God that was such a good guy that God wanted him to get a free pass up to heaven without dying? Just skip over the whole dying process. So he sent down a fiery chariot from heaven pulled by flying fire horses to come and scoop him up and bring him upstairs. That happened. Or the not as fun, 
a time that a group of rascally kids made fun of one of God's prophets and called him bald. And in a George Costanza moment, he used his holy powers to summon two bears to come and kill all the kids. That happened also. Or all the amazing badass women who don't get nearly enough love or attention in the Bible. Like just some fantastic stories with, with women at the helm. I'm not even going to start or, or spoil them because I want to talk about all of them. They're just so great. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the stories we want to talk about and have fun with. I had originally written out a big list of all the things that you need to know before we begin. Things that I thought were pertinent for you to really understand what the show's all about and what, where we're coming from. And it was a really great list. And like I had stuff on there like a disclaimer that I'm not a preacher or a professional scholar or theologian or any other type of person that should be taken seriously in any kind of way. But by God, I, I hope by now you've figured out that doesn't need to be said. I also wanted to mention that we get that religion is a touchy subject and we're absolutely not here to offend anyone. Our goal is not to make fun of any, any one religion or anything like that. We love everyone. We just want to have fun telling these stories that don't get enough attention. But all that being said, it's 2018 and somehow it got chic to get offended by everything. So why bother bringing it up? Do whatever you want. I also wrote that if you wanted to follow along with me at home, I 1000% encourage it. I'm not making any of these stories up. We're going to have some fun. We're going to add some flair to it. I'm going to paraphrase some dialogue. But the stories, the nuts and bolts of everything are true and feel free to fact check me. But let's be serious. The reason you're listening to this is because you didn't want to pick up a Bible to begin with. So you're not going to fact check me anyway. So why even bring it up? I still invite you to do so, but you know. I'd also written a few paragraphs of how even among Bible theologians and philosophers, there's a bit of debate about how much of the Bible should be taken literally and how much should be taken as allegorical or, or even just poetic writing sometimes. And I wanted to say that for the sake of this show, we will be taking the Bible as 100% literal unless otherwise noted. Like if Jesus is, literally says, you know, this is a parable or, or some of the, the poems from Song of Solomon or things like that. Other than that, we're taking it as literal because that's just more fun storytelling. It's it's better. So that's what we're doing. So I was going to say all that, but then I realized that if you've listened this far, you probably don't really care about that distinction. So why bring it up? I guess lastly, I just want to give you a brief overview of the Bible as a whole. The main arc from Genesis to Revelations as I see it. This way you have a little bit of a foundation to help with the stories that we tell in the future. The premise of the Bible as described by me, Matt. So here goes. We start off with an empty universe. God is, I guess, a little bored and decides to create everything. He creates the fish and the birds and then mankind to be as BFFs. Then Satan comes along, the adversary, and messes everything up and the plan goes awry. People the world over start being dicks, and God is seriously over their bullshit. He comes pretty close a few times to just killing everybody and pressing the big reset button and starting over. But he finds a couple people here and there that aren't so bad, and, and he starts to like. Abraham, he likes a good bit, more than most, and makes a promise with Abraham that he's going to make a lineage out of him. A chosen people, if you will. This lineage, the children of Abraham, later known as the Hebrew people, the children of Israel, the Israelites, the Jews, they go by more names than Snoop Dogg. This bloodline was supposed to keep a promise to God to stay true to him, and he would protect them and make them a great nation. 
Unfortunately, things also went awry. Because uh, people are kind of horrible at their core, <laughs> uh, per human nature. And they had a lot of trouble keeping their shit together and doing what God wanted to do. And most of the Old Testament is just an up and down roller coaster of the Israelites being good for a little while and God blessing them and th- things going pretty well. And then they started kind of forgetting about what they were supposed to be doing and turning their backs on God. And God had to put them into slavery and things like that. And then a few decades later, they would cry and promise to be good again. And God would free them and things would go back to being nice. And, and then lather, rinse, repeat for most of the Old Testament. Then by the time the New Testament comes along, God kind of decides that this whole one lineage thing is a little restrictive. So he decides to create a way that anyone, anywhere can get their affairs in order and be one of the quote unquote chosen people themselves. Although by this time, we just call it being saved. So that's most of the New Testament, the acts of Jesus, and then spreading the good news all over the world about him. Uh, Until we get to Revelations, which is just kind of insane, and is clearly the last season before everything got canceled, and the writers just pulled out all the stops. I can't wait to talk about it. It's fantastic. So that is my extreme, what, like two-minute, oversimplified, vastly oversimplified, and more likely than not offensive, retelling of the Ark of the Bible. But I think it gives you an idea of what's going on, and and I think it's going to come into play later. So take it for what you will. To wrap things up, I want to leave you with one of my favorite verses, Ecclesiastes 8.15, which says, Then I commend mirth, which mirth here means amusement or cheerfulness or laughter. So, then I commend amusement, cheerfulness, because a man has no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be joyful, for that will accompany him in his labor, you know, his work, all the days of his life which God has given him under the sun. And that's really what this show is all about, what we're all about here. We commend mirth, right? The amusement, the cheerfulness, the laughter, because... We have nothing else better under the sun than to eat and to drink and be joyful. Because that's what sticks with us when we go through our, our shitty days and <laughs> and our less than ideal jobs and, and all the other bullshit that happens in this thing we call life. That's what we want to have. We want to have fun. We want to have fun. That's what we want. So I hope that this was at least interesting. I hope that you come back in the future and have some more fun with us. Maybe we'll sneak in a little bit of learning here and there if you let us, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're here for. Hope you tune in next time. We're going to start off the next episode with an I know we didn't do it much in this one. The next episode, we're going to actually do a Bible story. We're actually going to go into Samson, the biblical superhero. So I hope that you'll join us for that. Tune in next time. Other than that, hope you have a fantastic day. Cheers.